Amen. Amen. I was just thinking, as Mandy said that, I was just thinking about the years gone by when I first came to this church, and, and some of you welcomed me in, and I was just thinking of the years when Mandy had come and picked me up for band practice and, and bring me to, to church, and I, I just wanted to be at church. I, uh, my, my parents and my family came too, but uh, it's a joy and a privilege to come together and celebrate what God has done for us, isn't it? What an amazing God we have. Good morning. We are, we are continuing this morning to look at the God who cares for us. Let's just pray now. God, we are so, so blessed. And Lord, so often we don't even realize it, God. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your love for us, your overwhelming love. God, your love for us, even yet while we were sinners, you died on a cross for us that we could be set free, that we could be made whole again, that we could be restored, that we could be made new on the inside. And God, we just thank you that this is the reality of heaven, that this is the truth that will last for eternity. That God, we, we, we see things around us and we have challenges at times, but we know the reality of heaven is that Jesus, you have done it all for us as we celebrated at communion time, that your victory over death, your victory over sin has been won for us. And we are just so amazed, Lord. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for that you are here with us today. And God, I, I ask that you would minister to us powerfully, Lord, this morning. Lord, where there's things in our heart that we just need to bring them before you, God. I ask that you might move by the power of your Spirit, Lord, in a powerful, powerful way in people's hearts, in people's lives, in people's thinking, in the, in the pain of people's situations, Lord, that you would bring healing and wholeness, physical healing, Lord, in Jesus' name. God, we just thank you for the privilege, Lord, that we can talk with you, that we can dwell with you, that we can do life with you and have eternal life with you, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I wonder if you've ever had a moment where uh, you've um, you've walked into a room um, and maybe you're feeling a little flat, you're feeling a little tired, you're feeling a little sick or something. You walk in the room and you're sort of thinking, I've, I've done well, I've, I've made it, I've, where, wherever it might be, it might be school, work, church, wherever. And you get there and you walk in and you're like, yes, I've victory. I've, I've, had victory over the situation, whatever was going on, and you walk in, and someone looks at you and they go, you look terrible today. <laughs> you're like, oh. <laughs> or maybe you've had some other moment where you're facing some situation and oh, there's some struggle in your life and someone comes up to you and you, you know they're trying really hard to be helpful and to be kind, but however it comes out, it just... It just those words as they speak them, they're trying to encourage you. It just feels like a knife to the heart, or maybe the stomach. Do you know that feeling? Or maybe you've been that one that said something at times, and you're trying to encourage someone, but it comes out, and as it comes out, you're thinking, no, no, this is all wrong. I didn't mean it to come out that way. And your words have pierced someone else's heart, and it's just cut deep in their heart. It's, it's hard, it's painful, it's challenging. Whether it's sickness, whether it's relationship issues, whether it's just situations in a person's life, those things are painful. And 
You know, behind every face is a person's life. I don't know if you've ever thought about it. When you're driving through Melbourne, I think I might have talked about our road rage issues in the past, and some of you have really resonated with that, I think. It's, um, it's one of the comments I think I've had more comments about than any other. I don't know if you guys go to Melbourne often, but like that person in that car, that, that person that doesn't give way to you, they've, had, they've got a life. They've had things happen that morning. They've got a family, they've got a home they live in. That person that served you at the supermarket last time, this morning they are somewhere in this world doing something with someone. They have thoughts, they have feelings. That person at the servo who you paid your petrol to last time, you paid your money for the petrol. Every person has a story. Every person has situations going on in their life and we can be so oblivious to what's going in other people's lives sometimes. I love to hear people's stories. Maybe it's why I became a pastor and a chaplain. I don't know, but uh, I love to hear people's stories, to hear about what's gone on in their life, especially how people have come to know Christ, the, the journey that they've been on. But, you know, we all go through trauma. Trauma. We all go through it at some point in our lives. Like it or not, we all go through it. If you look up trauma in the thesaurus, it says shock upset, disturbance, suffering, pain, distress, grief. We all go through it, like it or not. God is good. God is great. He's able to heal us. He's able to give us strength and all that we need. But we all face trauma and grief at some points in our life. And if you haven't yet, that's amazing. And I hate to be the bearer of challenging news but we're all going to face it. Whether it's in our own life or those around us, we're all going to face it. And I believe the grief that we face, the traumas we face, aren't things that we ever get over. I don't think we should get over our grief. Some people talk about when are you going to get over that thing, but grief becomes a part of our life. For for myself, for, for Rochelle and I, one of the biggest griefs we've had was losing our first child at 16 weeks. And before that baby was even born, we, we, we loved that child. And just recently, I, I found a, a little journal that I'd written in at that time. And I'm never going to get over that grief. It becomes a part of our lives. And I know many people have faced similar situations. We don't get over that loss. We, it becomes a part of us. We learn to live with it in a new way. And it's like those, those griefs, those traumas, they, they shape us and they, they, they build us into the person that we are today and that we will be tomorrow. We're like a, an artwork that's never fully finished. I look at paintings I've done sometimes. Most of my paintings, like a painting to me is one to two hours. It's like, then I'm done with it. I've got to do something else. <laughs> And there's a painting that's actually hanging on our wall at home and I haven't finished it, but I just had nowhere else to put it, so we hung it on the wall and it drives me crazy. But God hasn't finished with us and it doesn't drive him crazy, but he continues to shape us and, and paint us in the way we, he wants us to be painted. When we, we face grief, we face trauma, we, we break our back, we, we lose a loved one, we, we face situations and God wants to use those things to mould us and shape us. Not to make us hard-hearted, but to soften us, to, to make us more relatable to other people. 
that we might declare his glory all the more. It could be family, it could be friends, it could be pets. It's all grief. It's all grief and we all face it from time to time. You know, I, I don't think, as a society, personally, I don't think we deal well with grief. I don't think we do well at talking about grief in our society. That's something we don't often talk about. Maybe we do indirectly, even at church, we talk about indirectly at times. But this morning, I want us to look at this topic of grief and how do we deal with it? How do we help others through it? What would God say to us in those moments? The Bible is full of stories about grief. From Genesis, you've got Adam and Eve and that first sin and the, the, the grief that comes because of that sin. Through to the, the book of Revelation and the, the final judgment and the grief of those who have not acknowledged their Lord and Saviour. There is, there is grief all the way through the Bible. We could look at Moses, we could look at Paul, we could look at Peter, we could look at David. It, 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 almost any page of Scripture we could open up to and see a person who is facing some grief or trauma in their life. This morning I want to look at a, just a few passages and think about how do we respond to those around us with grief. Psalm 31, this is David speaking in Psalm 31. Whoops, it's not clicking. Oh, there we are. Psalm 31 and verse 9. David says, Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am in distress. Tears blur my eyes, my body and soul are withering away. I am dying from grief. My years are shortened by sadness. Sin has drained my strength away. My strength. I am wasting away from within. Now I just want to pause there and say, maybe you've never been in that place. Maybe you're not in that place today. But I want you to know that there's probably someone in this room that's in that place even now. And if it's not here today, it's someone you'll see this week. There are people we see every week that are going through this situation. Next verse. Sorry, this isn't clicking. Are we on the... Thank you, thank you, Lord. I am scorned by all my enemies and despised by my neighbours. Even my friends are afraid to come near me. When they see me on the street, they run the other way. I am ignored as if I were dead, as if I were a broken pot. I think I might just have to give up on this thing. It's not... There we are. I've heard many rumours about me and I am surrounded by terror. My enemies conspire against me, plotting to take my life. Grief is real. Grief is hard. Grief is happening all around us. And maybe even in your own life this morning. And God is able to, to come to you in that moment. Another psalm, Psalm of Moses, it says, in Psalm 90, verse 10. It says, 70 years are given to us. Some even live to 80. Some even live to 90, praise God. And even 110, maybe. What's the oldest ever person to live? Oh. 120 years live some. Wow. Anyway, but even the best years are filled with pain and trouble. Soon they disappear and we fly away. That's a beautiful picture, isn't it? Fly away. Who can comprehend the power of your anger? Your wrath is as awesome as the fear you deserve. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. Moses is saying, you know what? Life can be great. But life can be hard. And God, give us wisdom to make the most of every moment, no matter what we're going through. 
we might have 70, 80, 90, 120 years if we're super old. <laughs> but God, give us wisdom to make the most of every day we have because today is the only day that we ever have. God, give us wisdom. And then there's Job. And Job is the book about suffering. It's the book that's all about Job who, who loses every possession he owns. He loses every one of his children, all his flocks, all his herds. It all goes. His health is gone. And, and, and the book is all about Job and how he responds and how his, how his comforters respond as well. I just want to read a, a few verses out of chapter 2, verse 7. It says, So Satan left the Lord's presence, and he struck Job with terrible boils from head to foot. Job scraped his skin with a piece of broken pottery, as you do, as he sat among the ashes. His wife said to him, Are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Curse God and die. Wow, what a woman. Thank you, Lord, for my wife. But Job replied, You talk like a foolish woman. Should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? So in all this, Job never, Job said nothing wrong. When three of Job's friends heard of the tragedy he had suffered, they got together and travelled from their homes to comfort and console him. Their names were Eliaph, the Terminator, no, the Terminite, Bildad, and Shuhite, and Zophar, the Namathite. Great names. When they saw Job from a distance, they scarcely recognized him. Wailing loudly, they tore their, their robes and threw dust in the air over their heads to show their grief. Sounds a little different in our culture, but that's what they did. Then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and nights. No one said a word to Job, for they saw that his suffering was too great for words. Wow. What a picture of, of grief. What a picture of some friends coming together to grieve with their friend. It says in the next few chapters, if we, um, the next few chapters, Job curses the day of his birth. He's so sad. He wishes he was dead. It says his friends finally speak up. And they kind of say, Job, what have you done to make God so angry? <laughs> What have you done that would cause God to, to cause this to come upon you? And I was reading it, as I was thinking about it, I thought, kind of similar to what the disciples said to Jesus in, in John chapter 9. If we go across there. I, th I think you're just timing your clicks really good with my thumb. You're doing well, Charlie. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, Why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and then, we, then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. He is the bringer of light. He is the bringer of life and not destruction. Jesus is the bringer of life and not de decay. Jesus is the one who wants to bring healing and life to our bodies. 
Jesus says, this man is not sick because of his parents' sins or his sins, but he is sick and I'm going to heal him. I'm going to let, my, I'm going to let God's, God be glorified through this man's life. And we might face situations in our life, circumstances, and we might feel like, oh, what have I done to, to, to cause God to let this happen to me? And God would say, don't blame him for what's happening in your life, but, but look to him. Believe that God wants to be glorified through that situation. We might not understand it, we might not like it, it may be difficult, but let's believe that God is the bringer of life and light, and that he can heal, that he can give us strength and, and wholeness again. No matter what the situation, amen. He's the bringer of life. And we see in Job, it goes on, we're not going to look at the whole 42 chapters this morning, I encourage you, if it's an issue that you're struggling with, read the book of Job. See how his friends respond, see how Job responds, but then also see how God responds to all of them at the end. It says God confronts, God confronts Job and his friends, and he says to the friends, he says, you have not spoken accurately about me. He says to the friends, you have not portrayed what I am like to Job in this hour of suffering. You, you, have, you have condemned him and, and told him that I hate him, basically. And, and he tells the, the friends, repent, because you have done the wrong thing in this situation. And he challenges Job and he says, Job, you, your heart's been wrong in this. You need to repent. You, you've You've thought you, were, you knew you better than me, and repent. Um, those last couple of chapters are quite a good read. Chapter 41, chapter 42. If suffering something that you're struggling with, or maybe you've been angry at God, have a read of chapter 41 and 42 of Job. Now, we can try and counsel one another at times, but we need to be careful how we counsel each other. Job's friends do an amazing thing to begin with. They come together and they, they, they come to comfort and be alongside Job. For seven days and seven nights, it says they just sit there with Job and say nothing. I think it would have been a pretty hard seven days. But then they start to let their humanness kick in a little bit, I think. Their own opinions, their own judgments. And it starts to taint their helping of Job. I want to ask the question this morning, how do we respond to the pain of those around us? How do we respond? How is God calling us to respond? How do we generally respond? How, how do we do when someone turns up at work and they're grumpy, they're complaining about everyone, and we go, oh, that poor person, they just haven't known the love of God this morning. They just need my compassion. They just need me to be kind to them this morning. I'm going to give them a triple dose of grace this morning. Is that how you respond? I'm sure we always, always are so aware of other people's suffering, other people's challenges. Or maybe we're not always quite so gracious. We all experience grief, but handled poorly, grief can be fatal. As, as, we, as we look at statistics of, of, of suicide in our nation, as we look at depression and anxiety and all these things in our nation, I think part of it is that we do not deal well with grief, that we don't talk about it, that we don't follow what God would want us to do as, as people, not just as a church. But 
Grief, I believe, is a huge, huge, huge issue in our nation. So how do we respond to the pain of those around us? I want to look at a few verses this morning. And maybe they're ones you want to write down the reference to and you want to think about some more. Maybe you want to write them down so you can meditate on those things before you go to work and see that person who's suffering and you just need to show a bit of grace to. Let's look at some of those verses now. Click. Galatians 2 verse 1 and 2. It says, If another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. Let's love God and love our neighbor. It's talking about those who, who sin, but sin causes trauma. Sin causes grief. And if we see someone who's, who's wandering away from God, we, we, we're concerned about someone. You who are godly, I want to encourage, pick up the telephone, give them a call. Go and see the person. Do something. You who are godly, let's be, be ready to humbly and gently help that person back onto the right path. Not condemn them, not frown at them, but to go after them with God's love and pursue them with His love, even as God has pursued us. The next one. Romans 12, verse 9 to 21. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. And if that's a struggle, ask God to give you a love for that person. Pray for them. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. We have the hope of the world. Jesus is the hope of the world. We can rejoice in our confident hope, no matter what's happening. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that, God's, that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. You may not have the answer to their situation. i just got to warn you, that's a good thing to remember. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honourable. Do, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. But be aware that you can't make peace come either. Do all you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge, I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. Kind of reminds me of what we heard last week. In doing this, you'll heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you but conquer evil by doing good. There's a lot of thoughts right there. Let's go to the next one. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need, but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? I wonder what our compassion levels are like. I just had a little thought from, I'm just thinking, God, is that you or is that me? 
I did a motivational test. I'm looking at Rochelle saying, oh, should I say this? I'm not sure. <laughs> um, I did a motivational gift test some years ago, and it brings up what motivates us. And, and one of the things on that test is compassion. Uh, and I'm even now thinking, should I share this? I don't know. Anyway. But on the, on the scale of all the, 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 the motivational gifts, these aren't the things that we do, but compassion was my almost zero thing. <laughs> so I'm sorry. I always want to say that right now. <laughs> if I'm ever not compassionate enough, I apologize. That's how, and then five years later, I did another test, and it came out as one out of ten, I think. I'm like, wow, I've grown in compassion. But compassion may not be my motivating factor, but I, I believe God wants to work in your life and help you to grow, and because of that, I will have compassion on you. God, give us compassion for one another. And I, as I share this, I'm, I'm saying it to myself as well. God, give us compassion. How's our compassion level? It may not be your motivating factor, but God help us to be compassionate, even when we may not naturally be compassionate. Or how can God's love be in us? That's a challenge. Next one. Romans 15, verse 1 to 7. We who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like these. He's talking about things they eat and drink and... Uh, things that people are worried about, but he says, we must not just please ourselves. We should help others do what is right and build them up in the Lord. For even Christ didn't live to, live to please himself. May God, who gives this patient, patience and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony with each other, as is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. Then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. What a beautiful picture right there. That as we comfort one another, as we come alongside one another when we're struggling or when we're drifting, that we would be so united and lift our voices as, as one voice to our community, to one another, that the name of Jesus would be lifted up. God's Word says when, when they will know us by our love for one another. It says in verse 7, Therefore accept each other just as Christ has accepted you, so that God will be given glory. God has accepted us through Christ with an amazing, reckless love. Will we choose to, to, to love and care for one another with that same amazing, generous, reckless love? I believe that's what God is calling us He's drawing us to say, come and share my love with one another as I have loved you. Is there one more? Thank you, Lord. Isaiah 53 verse 3 says, He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows acquainted with the deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Jesus went to the cross while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He was despised. He understands the deepest grief. He, he understands what it is to grieve and have trauma in our lives. And if we are going through things today, I want you to know that Jesus understands 
your suffering. You are able to come to him and know that he understands and that he is able to help you through whatever that situation might be in your life right now. I think this is the last one, I think. Second last one. Sorry, there's a few. <laughs> 2 Corinthians chapter 1 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. We cannot give to others the comfort of God if we have not discovered the comfort of God through Christ. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. And this must be the last one. Revelation 21 verse 4. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. What a beautiful day it will be when we meet our Saviour in heaven. And that day when there will be no more sorrow or crying or pain. The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. This isn't Revelation, this is Isaiah 41. <laughs> he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youth will become weak and tired and young men will fail, fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. I want to say today, I believe with all my heart that that is true. It doesn't mean we can be stupid and run too hard for too long, because if we do, we get sick. Amen. <laughs> but if we trust in the Lord with all our heart, if we trust in what He is leading us to do, if we commit situations to Him and trust that He is the one that will bring healing and hope to people, if we will trust in the Lord with all our heart, He will renew our strength. And I pray that we can know that today, even as we come to a finish in a moment. How does God desire that we respond to those who are grieving, who have pain in their life? I want to give you five quick little points. And I was really excited because they almost made an acronym this morning. I was like, I never use acronyms. But there's a twist. I'll tell you why in a minute, but... Um, so if you're writing the acronym, so this is really trivial, but um, it's, you'll see the word it makes anyway. See if you can guess. <laughs> Number one, P is for pray. How, do we how does God desire that we respond to those in grief and pain? Pray. Pray for them. Pray for wisdom and how to respond. Pray that God would relieve the pain in their life. Pray for them. Are they coming up? They're not coming up. Oh, well. Pray. Secondly, listen. Pray and then listen. Listen to what God is saying. As you pray, believe that as you open your word, God's going to speak to you. Pray and listen and, and hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. Listen to what God would want you to do. Listen to what God would not want you to do. Listen to what God would say. And E is engage. 
engage in whatever way God directs you to engage in the situation. Maybe it's to go and see the person. Maybe it's just to pray. Maybe it's to to share something with them. Engage in the situation, even if you don't know what to say. So many people, I think, when there's a, a situation in someone's life, and I've got to admit, I've... I've gone into the hospital as a, a young pastor to, to meet with families who've just lost someone they love. And I've gone in, I'm going, God, I got nothing. <laughs> I don't know what to say to this family, God, but I'm going because I believe you want me to, just to be there in that situation. I want to encourage you, if you thought I had some special words, well, hopefully God might give me something, but he can give you something too. And you might have nothing to say. But if God is calling you to go and see that person, just go. Just trust God and go. Engage in the situation. Let God use you. Let yourself be a vessel for God to encourage one, to bring life to someone, even in their pain. And I want to say as well on Engage, I want to encourage you to let someone else know let someone else know that is able to support you or if it's someone within the church, I mean, we've got to be careful to keep confidence. But if there's something happened in someone's life and no one else in the church knows about it, we can't help care for that person. Please, if you know of someone that just needs some support, needs some help in a confidential way, don't talk to everyone, don't bring it up as a prayer request for anyone unless you've asked the person. I encourage you to ask them, say, do you mind if I tell Pastor Andrew, do you mind if I put it on a prayer chain? Can I put that on a prayer chain for you? Let someone else know. Don't try and be a lone ranger hero. We're a part of a body and we're all meant to work together as one body. Pray, listen, engage, and then acknowledge. I want to encourage you, acknowledge the pain of the person that they are in. Acknowledge what they are going through. Sit in the pain, even as Job's friends came and just sat with him in that pain. Don't feel like you have to give an answer for the situation. I know I can't. I can't give people answers for the situations they they face so often. We don't have the wisdom of God. Acknowledge the pain. I'm so sorry to hear what's happened. I, I, I don't know how. I I don't understand, but I know God loves you. We can say something to acknowledge the pain. You can ask them, would you like to talk about it? Do you want to talk about it? Or you can just be there. You can just sit with them. Sometimes people say, no, I don't want to talk about it, but you'll find they'll start talking about the weather and then they'll suddenly start telling a story about everything that's going on. Acknowledge the pain of what the person is going through. Sit with them. Don't pretend it's not there. At the same time, don't, don't, don't bring it up every time you see the person, everywhere you see them. Be wise in where you bring things up. If you open the box, make sure you've got time to, to pack away those emotions, to deal with those things that come out. Pray, listen, engage, acknowledge, and point them to Jesus you know, acronyms, I don't remember any acronyms I've ever learnt. So this morning I thought I'd change it a little bit. It's PLEEP. I was going to try and get pleased, but I just couldn't. I could have tried harder, but I thought, you might remember PLEEP because it's so silly. Pray, listen, engage, acknowledge, and point them to Jesus. PLEEP. 
I plead with you to pleep. Point them to Jesus, the God who cares for you and for them. God cares about their situation. God cares. I hope that's not a word that I didn't realize anyway. There we go. I want to say care for yourself as well. As a, as a school chaplain, I have to see a, a supervisor uh, once a term uh, to go and see a professional supervisor to, to I praise God that I have other people in my life as well, oversight and my wife and others that I can share and we can pray together on issues anyway. And I kind of go there and feel like I'm being doubly blessed. But if you need to see a counsellor, Praise God that there's counsellors available to see. If you need to talk to your pastor, praise God you have a pastor who will show compassion and love you. But if he struggles, just give him grace. <laughs> care for yourself as you care for others because God cares for you. Don't try and carry the weight of it yourself. We are not the answer. I think that's on the screen because I want to emphasize that this morning you are not the answer back one we are not the answer but we know the one who is Jesus is the answer God is the one that is able to bring wholeness and healing and strength we are not the answer some people have asked me Andrew how do you cope when you're dealing with these situations and I say you know what I know I'm not the answer I'll be available when God leads me to be available but I know at the end of the day, if I can't be there, I know God can be. I know God is the answer and Andrew is not. Can you say that this morning, God is the answer and I am not? Because if you know that, if you understand it, if we go through life remembering that Jesus is the answer and we are not, we will not carry the weight of these things. We will not be weighed down but those who trust in the Lord will soar on wings like eagles they will run and not grow weary they will walk and not faint praise God we have a God who cares for us I want to pray for people this morning and I'm going to ask the band to come thank you Jesus God I pray this morning for those who are going through situations and circumstances that maybe no one understands or knows this morning. God, I pray that you would give us wisdom as how we help one another. God, I pray that you would, by your Holy Spirit, even bring your encouragement to those people this morning. Lord, I, I know your heart breaks for those whose hearts are breaking. Lord Jesus, you suffered and died upon the cross that we could be made whole, that we could know forgiveness and eternal life. Jesus, you said to the disciples when they, when they asked whose sin is the cause of this problem, and they said, Jesus, you said, it, it, it's not the cause of the problem. This situation is that I might be glorified, that the Father might be glorified. And God, we, we lift those situations to you this morning. God, we pray for those who have loved ones that are sick or are unwell or who have died. We pray for those who have situations that just are crushing them, Lord. Emotionally, spiritually, whatever way that might be. We pray, Lord, that you would lift them up. Help them, God, to look to you. Help us to support them and encourage them. Help us to be so compassionate, Lord God.
Lord, help us to to not say we have all the answers. Help us not to feel like we know what they're going through. Help us to never say we we know what they're going through because we never do. But Lord, help us just to show your love, to be led by your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we pray that you might use us as your ambassadors to, to bring life and hope and restoration, Lord, where there's brokenness. God, we thank you that you are the God who cares for us. You've done it all for us. And we pray that you would help us to be more and more and more like you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're going to sing this song. It says, All these pieces, broken and scattered, in mercy gathered, mended and whole. You might feel broken, you may have been so broken, but God in His mercy is able to mend us and make us whole. We are able to become new creations in Christ. And if you feel broken this morning, I just pray that God would, by His mercy, just bring a restoration this morning in your heart, in your emotions, whatever needs healing this morning. If you need prayer, if you'd like someone to pray with you, please come as we sing this song.